Hey, welcome in and thanks for listening to the Hot Take Podcast, part of the Full-Time Fantasy Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Josh Daly. You can find me at joshdaly72 on Twitter. And we did it again, folks. Yes, I took the keys to the car and I got in the driver's seat here, but not to fret because I am flanked by, as always, Mr. Steven Taroni, avid disc golfer and fantasy football aficionado. Steve, what's good, man? How you feeling? Hey, man, what an introduction. Yeah, no, I'm, I would love to be known for my disc golfing. Unfortunately, I can't get into the single digits. Yeah, man, happy to be here. Football is back, uh, a sport I'm way more familiar with. Well, for now, it's back. I mean, you know, there is excitement in the air for football, right? Once again, happy to have uh, our guests on today, um, the father-son pod, uh, Justin and Paul. What's going on, guys? What's going on? What's up, gentlemen? Thank you for having us on the show. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, you guys had me on uh, a few weeks ago and we talked about uh, some I, I thought it was a great episode. I really love talking like Hollywood Brown, Noah Fant, these like big upside guys. And I think, you know, you guys Absolutely. were on the same page when it came to a lot of those players. Gotta be, especially when Antonio Brown, Marquise Brown's uncle, maybe coming back, baby. <laughs> Hang on, he already he already said he was going to retire for the hey, third no, time. No, he's unretiring. He's unretired already. I didn't hear that yet. Yeah, I, it was yesterday. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it happened fast. It, yeah, life comes at you fast, and Antonio Brown is unretired. I think <laughs> he's unretired again. <laughs> he's just trying to go for Favre's record. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, maybe Favre will get in the news here. That's what we need. That's what 2020 <laughs> needs. Yeah, the, uh, well, definitely happy to have you gentlemen on for sure. Welcome aboard. And uh, thanks for coming on the show here for a little late July mock draft action. Uh, glad that you guys are feeling good tonight here. Um, you know, before we do get started, I did want to have a little disclaimer action here and give you guys a heads up that my neighbors are either having like a motorcycle party or they're starting a new biker gang across the street. <laughs> so my apologies in advance if, uh, if you hear some motors uh, revving up and whatnot and we get a little extra noise. It's it's not my bowels. It's just the neighbors. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're good to go here. Uh, but yeah, Steve, you mentioned kind of at the top of the show here, we have I feel like some of these guidelines for the uh, the season coming out, it sounds like for the most part, things are getting squared away. Um, you know, players are have dates that they can actually report to camp, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds like really the only sticking point um, or the only roadblock, if you will, is just some of the safety protocols. Uh, a lot of the NFL stars kind of got on Twitter uh, not coincidentally in like a networked tweet, uh, network, or I should say a uh, networked coordinated set of tweets where you know the players are obviously concerned with their safety and you know they damn well should be i mean this is a, a contact sport where you got dudes laying all over you mm. and you know you're sweating your ass off so uh it, you know did you want to get into that a little bit here before we get the draft started well i will say that that's a, a, a realistic concern and i think i know i'm sorry i know that the nfl is doing everything they can just because for this, it's a simple fact that there's a lot of money on the line. This is a product that they are putting out, you know, and it's one of the most popular products there is, is the NFL football. So they, there's going to be a plan. There's a plan put in place. You know, Ian Rappaport actually put out a little bit of a plan, um, kind of sample of a plan that they have July 28th. They have a schedule. Um, there's going to be testing on certain days for all players. Um, you know, they have the NBA to look at as kind of like, you know, what the NBA is doing right now, because the NBA is doing a pretty good job, it seems. Um, so I think the NFL is going to follow suit. And I think 
I think there's going to be football, you know, I, for the first time, I'm, I'm pretty excited because I, I think there is going to be football. Let's get drafted. I'm going to uh, set the lay of the land real quick. It's a single quarterback 0.5 PPR league. Uh, we're going to have three wide receivers because I think that that actually helps. That makes you want to you know, have to draft more wide receivers. I think that makes, you know, added strategy. Uh, and that we're doing two flex spots instead of uh, a kicker and a defense, no kicker and defense. Who needs I'll, I'll say good luck defense. to my dad. You're going to need it. I mean, hopefully you don't take the whole minute and a half of your first pick. We'll see what you're going to do here, buddy. You never know. Time's <laughs> going to tell. Well, I'm definitely going to be stealing some of your players. I'm a spot ahead of you. Hey, you draft against me. Go go for it, buddy. Go, it. go for it. All right. So I'm going to click go here. You guys now, Paul is at the 11 spot. We got Justin at the 12. So that's going to be fun at the back end. And then me and Josh are, Josh is at four. I'm at five. So let's get into it. We're going to start the draft here. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. So, yeah, going uh, into the fourth pick, CMC, Derek Henry with the surprise selection, <laughs> Whoa, number wow. two overall, uh, which leaves, you know, Saquon for the third pick. Um, well, I was expecting to have a choice between uh, Alvin Kamara and, uh, you know, fellow St. Mike Thomas, but I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger on Zeke and make it easy. Yeah, Derrick Henry at two. I've, I've, I don't know. I've never seen that. I've, I've, has I've anyone ever seen, seen that? that either? Is this, a, oh, is this a standard league? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I guess that may. I don't know. That's 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 crazy talk right this, there. Um, is this a touchdown only league? Um, I've never I, seen I, him at number two. I've never seen it before either. Crazy. Um, so you go Zeke, obviously, uh, and I'm, I'm going to go Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, for him to be at five, I'm happy. I like it. I like the 81 guaranteed receptions. Dalvin Cook right after that, 106. I think that, look, it's time. Let's let's start drafting Dalvin Cook. You know, I don't think the holdout is happening. Um, and Michael Thomas at 107, Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, and then, Paul, you are on the clock. And it looks like uh, I'm going to have to snipe him right away. Look at this. Ready? I'm, I'm going to call you out and I go for it. You're taking Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders we at have 111. a nice little bet on the table over here where you said Austin Eckler's your guy, and you're going to take Miles Sanders over Austin Eckler. I'm going to get Austin Eckler on, on the turn, so don't worry about it because you're not going to take him. <laughs> so I know what I'm doing. That's the object of going one ahead of you. See that there? You're not. If you take Austin Eckler, I'll be very surprised. Listen, well, it's, I took Kenyon Drake because Kenyon. Drake and Miles Sanders are back to back for me right there. Devontae Adams is still available, and people are like, "Oh, look at Devontae Adams there," but I'm not going to take him there. But right now, for me, it's also between Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb could lead the league in rushing because it is 0.5 PPR. I'm going Nick Chubb because I think his receiving total is still going to be there, but he will lead the league in rushing. That's that's my. I think he's probably the favorite right now. He's also probably the favorite to lead the league in carries. Run heavy offense with Kevin Stefanski there. Improved offensive line. I expect to increase efficiency all over the board for the Browns this year. Tell them. <laughs> nice. That Go swings ahead, back to you, Paul. You yeah, take Eckler? Take off the Eckler in a .5 PPR league where it doesn't really help his skill set. Do it. Hurt yourself. Go ahead. You, you mean, you, go for it. Do it. So with a one with a one quarterback league, I'm definitely going to go running back heavy because I do like Devontae Adams and I do like Julio Jones right here also. But I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to stay running back heavy. And I'm gonna take Austin Eckler. Wow, dude, that's that's a great that's a great wow. mess up right there. I mean, I've seen worse, <laughs> but I actually haven't seen worse. But <laughs> that's a good yeah. one-two punch right there, at running back. Yeah, that's not a bad start, especially in a one QB league. And then the the wide receiver run begins. Uh, so actually, Julio jumps over Devonte Adams. 
Uh, but then Adams goes right before Nuke. And then we have Aaron Jones at the 2-6, followed by our first tight end and Travis Kelsey. And Steve, that swings it to you. Were you thinking about Kelsey here or what? Definitely thinking about Kelsey. Uh, would have considered him, may have done it, just because it is a mock draft. I typically wouldn't do a tight end uh, this early, but Kelsey is Kelsey. Uh, you know, he's a wide receiver on your team at the tight end position. I think many feel that George Kittle is. I believe that, but I don't think the week-to-week production is the same, if that makes sense. Um, Why not? So, kid, well, because, on, be, because of the offense, because of the offense that he's in, um, you know, so that that's just kind of where that's at. Um, 28% so, target share last year, Steve, 28%. And this year, they're going to be more pass-heavy. They can't have the same defensive efficiency. Come on. I got to ride the George Kittle. <laughs> no, I, I definitely hear you. Um, I think that, but I, I typically don't go tight end early. Um, if he gave, came to me in the third, I might get him. Um, but I'm going to go Chris right there. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go Chris Godwin here. Um, if he, yeah, if he like came back to the third, I would love George Kittle. But I, t- taking tight end at the second, I'm taking Travis Kelsey potentially, but probably not. You know, that's just how oh. I draft. Um, I like the Chris Godwin pick right there. Yeah, you basically made my decision for me because if uh, if I got put on the clock with God, Godwin and Galladay, uh, that was that was going to be a tricky decision. Um, you know, being uh, the Lions homer that I am, unfortunately, uh, I am going to roll with my guy Kenny G. You know, we we're just talking about it on the uh, on the old Twitter machine today. You know, I need to I need to be a little more of a Kenny G stand. Uh, if I want to get some, uh, you know, reputation as being like a, a guy that I'm going to ride or die with. So it's definitely going to be uh, Kenny Galladay for me, especially when you look at last year having, uh, you know, Matt Stafford for only that first portion of the season. Uh, but somehow, you know, Kenny G found his way onto his first Pro Bowl, uh, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, always good to see and, uh, you know, leading leading the league in receiving touchdowns. So uh that's that's my guy that's i'm going to get me some kenny g for sure like that pick right there kenny g what a guy justin would you you know would you go chris godwin or kenny galladay if it were up to you at that same spot i'm all right so seven times out of ten i'm going chris godwin i am a little bit lower on chris godwin in redraft i'm most likely avoiding him honestly so i probably would have went kittle or running back there such as I mean, not many people are available right there because I know they're going fast, but I would have potentially took Fournette there. I'm higher on Fournette than most, but Kittle, I probably would have been my pick there because Gronk is there, and I believe that does take away from the other weapons there, and they're not going to be having Winston there throwing picks every single drive and having to play catch-up all the time now with Brady there being smarter. So volume is going to be a little bit of a concern just overall because Gronk in the touchdown category, but I still believe in Chris Godwin's talent, so I would go Chris Godwin over Kenny Galladay, but love both guys. Well, do you remember when Bruce Arians before last year said that Chris Godwin could catch 100 balls? And I do remember that? Know, and I was kind of like, you know, okay, maybe I could see it. I can definitely see it with Tom Brady as the quarterback instead of Jameis Winston. Like, if Chris Godwin, let's see, let's say a scenario where he's in the slot a lot more. You know, maybe he's the slot receiver for a Tom Brady-led offense. You know, you ha- I, I would, I, I want to see that. I, you know, and so that, in you yeah. know, in a PPR, I, I think the upside is really there. If you think that he could be a maybe ninety reception guy, if you're looking at Chris Godwin, I think that he has that kind of capability this year. 
100 percent yeah most athletic slot receiver brady's ever had and look what he's done with west welker danny amandola julian edelman in the past so i, I like chris godwin a lot my top five favorite wide receiver in the nfl right now so i'm not gonna you can't then, people are uh, doubting chris godwin josh it goes to you at the 304 you grab mark andrews yeah, I had a little surprise there, man. We had Mahomes and Jackson go right after my Kenny G pick. So then Mike Evans and George Kittle go at the turn. Uh, Thielen and James Conner right before the Andrews pick. And uh, I'll be honest with you, man, this is kind of like a uh, a little bit of a YOLO pick. Um, I usually would be going after Andrews this high, but we talked it on our about it on our tight ends episode with Debro. Um, you know, just the snap share alone, most likely doubling. I know the efficiency won't be a repeat of 2019, uh, but I, I do feel like the Ravens are going to put people in a position where they can't just load up in the box. Uh, so I do think there will be some more pass attempts there, which you always like to see from the reigning MVP and the league leader in touchdowns. Uh, so I definitely not scared to take a chance on Mark Andrews here at three, four. And I think I'm staying brand right there. That's the highest I've taken Le'Veon Bell at the 305. Oh. I, I think I would wait for him at the at four, uh, but I take him at the 305 here. Yeah, I was and, debating and, between uh, Fournette yeah. and Andrews, and Fournette went right after you, actually. Yeah, I was looking at Fournette. I was thinking go wide receiver, but there's so many good wide receivers. There are a lot of good running backs, too. So I, I take uh, Le'Veon Bell because he's, you know, highly highly ranked um in my rankings he's 10th overall um 66 receptions last year you know if, if the production goes up the efficiency goes up just a little bit then he creeps into that top 12 discussion so that's that's where i'm at with Le'Veon bell yeah no um, doubt uh, so we had Fournette go after that then carson uh cooper clyde edwards hilaire who i told myself wouldn't be there at the fourth round it still doesn't feel any good uh knowing mm. that i was right um, cause I really wanted him. I tried to probably took him instead, but then Cooper cup goes right before you, Paul here, uh, coming up at the three eleven. uh, who are you looking at? Well, I don't know who you're taking. I would have taken Amari, Amari Cooper right there if he was there, but he's gone. So I'm going to stick to my guns here and I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Look at that. See, if we had some, the odds here, I'd be taking it, <laughs> but yeah, I like guy. Melvin Gordon going to Denver. I mean, I do like Philip Lindsay there. Um, I think he's a talent, and, I, and they paid Melvin Gordon for a reason. I think he's going to be the workhorse there. Um, so I really like the place for him in Denver. You are correct. I believe they did pay him for a reason. You're I had to pay, pay him. that much money just to Even though Lindsey is carries. a talent, I don't understand why they did that, but they did pay him for a reason because I thought Denver had a good backfield before with Freeman and, and Lindsey, and then they go ahead and pay Melvin Gordon to come in. So, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, we, we talked about that a little on our last episode. He's probably not only the goal line back, but also the pass catching back. So a little little interesting to see how it works out here. But uh, Justin's definitely staying on brand for one of these next picks here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I would have been on brand the whole way if this dude didn't take Miles Sanders at 11 because, you know, he's going <laughs> to take Miles Sanders at the turn. That kind of hurt me. I knew it was going to happen. I was like, you're going to take Miles Sanders on me, aren't you? And he did take Miles Sanders on me. And what? 
What, 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 what do you want to say? What? Just what a surprise you took TJ Moore there. I, I would have never guessed that. I, I should have. What do you mean you would have never guessed that? I, I should have taken him there and sniped <laughs> you again, really, to piss you off. <laughs> I have a backup plan. I have another guy I love equally as much as DJ Moore, who you should take, but you're probably not going to. Well, I am. I'm going to. Oh, okay. You, well, never who, mind. Who am I taking right here? Let me know if you're right or wrong. Well, it should be Alan Robinson. That's who I'm taking. Oh, okay. my dad's smart. This is a. This is a breakthrough. <laughs> You're getting <laughs> there. You go. See, we we have the options there. Nice pick, Dad. Dad has Allen Robinson and Miles Sanders. I'm jealous. But then I look at my team. And I'm not jealous. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I saw you took Jonathan Taylor there. So we had both the uh, first two rookie running backs taken at the three nine and the three twelve. Uh, of course, DJ Moore as well, and then Allen Robinson. I do like that pick, Paul. I think uh, Allen Robinson's uh, basically quarterback proof. Um, yeah. So that's, yes. a, that's a nice, safe pick there as well. Um, then we get that followed up by Singletary, Mark Ingram, David Johnson. Uh, Juju goes at the 4-6, which I think is a great value. And then the 4-7s, DK Metcalf, before it gets to you in the fourth round here, Steve. Uh, you are on the clock, my friend. Are you mm. pulling the trigger on another receiver, or what's going on? Yeah, oh. fourth round, I mean, it's running back, wide receiver. You know, that's kind of just the positions that I pound early on. Typically um, I'm not looking at quarterback. I'm not looking at tight end. Um, and I got Todd Gurley sitting here. And I also have Odell Beckham, who is my number six overall wide receiver. Um, you know, I have receivers available here like Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods. Um, Robert Woods is a fine receiver. I'm, I'm okay with him being my wide receiver too, but I'm getting Odell Beckham here because I'm getting, Godwin and Odell Beckham, who I feel both can be top five guys. They're both right outside of my top five, uh, but I think they both have that kind of upside. So I, I love, you know, having that, that wide receiver combo right there. Love Odell Beckham. Absolutely love can Godwin. be top five, both of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Odell's efficiency yeah. is going to spike this year. People are out on him. I don't understand how you have better offensive line, more time for him to run those double moves. It just... This this ADP is, uh, you know, for lack of a better wor word right now, like kind of aggressive, you know, like I'm seeing uh, guys kind of fly off the board here. And, Kevin Singletary. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like the, the landscape look kind of dry, but I couldn't believe that Odell Beckham was just still there. Like, and he's buried kind of with these receivers. Yeah, I think the value for Beckham and Juju both right there in the mid fourth is just ridiculous right now. So I'm I'm definitely on board with you guys there. And the the really the only decision you have to make at this point when you're a few picks away coming up to the four or five turn is like you said, Steve. You know, running back or wide receiver right here. You know, especially for yeah. for my squad the way it's coming together. You know, I already have a tight end. Um, so <laughs> really wish I would have took Ceh and been a little more aggressive. So. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to kind of make things up to myself. And uh, the running backs are getting really thin here as we approach the fifth round. Um, so I'm actually going to kind of take a chance on Todd Gurley here. Uh, I know he has the balky knee, but between that, it was <laughs> Calvin Ridley and Gurley, um, or maybe Montgomery. And of course, Ridley and Montgomery went the next two picks. So um, very appropriate. And then we saw A.J. Brown and a T.Y. Hilton. AFC South receiver sandwich here at the turn uh, before the fourth tight end goes off the board, which is Zach Ertz. And then DJ Chark comes up right before my fifth round selection, uh, which again, glad I went running back because I kind of had a feeling if I didn't take Gurley or Montgomery that both of them would be gone. Um, so Gurley going to me and Montgomery going two picks later 
still leaves me a lot of good wide receivers to pick from. Uh, so I'm definitely going to hit the wide receiver tree here personally. And I'm going to go after Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, it's currently going as about the 48th pick off the board. So should have been right around the turn. Just a slight value there, a couple pick discount. Um, we said this a couple episodes ago, Steve. I, I think it's time to just stop saying that the efficiency is going to stop for Tyler Lockett. Him and Russ have an obvious connection and just mega chemistry on the field. For me, wide receiver QB rapport is everything when it comes to fantasy. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to buy in on Tyler Lockett again. Like it, um, you know, this I'm looking at this. There's a lot of guys available at the running back position that are kind of average. I don't want to reach for anybody at this point. Yeah, uh, the wide, wide receiver is what I'm looking at. And oh man, I think I'm going to do it. Wait, let me look at my receivers here. I got Odell <laughs> and I got Chris Godwin. I'm thinking about Stefan Diggs because he, he this is somebody who I've like kind of been thinking about recently as like, man, he really could actually explode. Um, I'm seeing an upside of Stefan Diggs that I didn't see before. Uh, or do I go to the safety of a Robert Woods here or a Keenan Allen? So that's kind of where I'm at. Terry McLaurin, I, I think I'm reaching in the fifth round. I want, I want, you know, I'm being open about it. I want Terry McLaurin maybe to come back to me. Um, so not, I'm going to go. Yeah, <laughs> not, not going to happen. Uh, the value alone, I'm actually going to go Robert Woods in the middle of the fifth round. That's There's so favorite. many guys in this spot at the receiver position, yeah. like in this fifth round that are, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're just, they're fantastic ideal wide receiver twos. And right. if, depending on how you're constructing your team, you might end up, you know, putting some of these guys in as a wide receiver three. So. Yeah, that felt, that felt gross. I never dropped draft Robert Woods. I think if I did, <laughs> if I could do that again, I probably wouldn't. Um, but uh, Paul, you're on the clock here. Um, wow. Marquise Brown. Oh, at the Hollywood. Five Hollywood Brown. So for me, I'm definitely going wide receiver here, and I'm probably going to take Terry McLaurin over over AJ Green, Samuels. There's Sutton's there. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy I think I can get coming back to me. So we're going to take McLaurin right here. Uh, this is annoying. See, <laughs> so, well, like I, I, that's, I'd expect it because of the guys on, that were still available there. McLaurin, a good yeah, pick the for you. The guy's going to get the volume in Washington. He's the only guy there. So I, I yeah. we really love Terry McLaurin. Yeah, and just to catch you guys up before Justin makes his two picks here, we did have uh, Allen, Diggs, and Marquise Brown, three receivers go with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson up before Paul's pick. Um, and then Paul went Terry McLaurin. And then Justin, got a feeling, I, I think I might have an idea of what receiver you got an eye on, so I'm interested to see what you're doing here with these two selections. I don't know if you do. I know who he's taking. Who, you're going to get it wrong. I think you're, you're going to go for Cortland Sutton, man. Wow! Oh wow! See, I would see, I would have is... said I would have said Sutton myself. Wait, so oh now he's getting Sutton. oh there it is. oh there, <laughs> there it is there it is I love it I love it that's a good pick man. So Devonte Parker and Cortland Sutton, two um you know big wide receivers, touchdown upside for both I would say, um and then you have DJ Moore, so you have a trio of wide receivers there uh with the trio of running backs, Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, and Jonathan Taylor. It's a lot of upside. That's what that is. That's a lot of upside right there. I'm trying to finish first, not middle of the pack, baby. Got to always <laughs> take upside. Love it. Yeah, I like, like the way that team's coming together for sure. So I'm going to go wide better receiver. better if this guy wasn't at 11 right now. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to go wide receiver now. Oh, let me see. Who, who I'm going to go wide receiver oh, again. AJ Green. Nobody has 2015. touched. Uh, 
Nobody has touched <laughs> go, uh, go running backs for a while, so I'm going to let that area slide. And I'm going to take the guy who would be a wide receiver one on any other team if he oh. was playing on oh. him. Wow. Over your boy, A.J. Green, I'm really. taking Ooh, Michael Gallup. I like that. That's aggressive, and I like it. Aggressive. Yes. We had a most recent episode. Our last little uh, point thing was what's the player we're going to reach on once it gets past round five. My dad did say Michael Gallup, and yep. usually he doesn't reach in drafts. So maybe this is a mock draft. Maybe we're trying to see what it feels like to reach on the player. But you did a good job. Well, you got to look Gallup. at the eleventh and twelfth spot too. You're you're not up for another twenty picks. So you got if you if you got your guy there, go ahead and grab him because he's not going to make it back. Yeah, right. that's a good point. I like the mentality of going to get your guys. And uh, Steve, you're up here next. There's a real kick, real quick recap. AJ Green did go the very next pick, followed by Darren Waller, and then Kareem Hunt and Mostert both went off the board right after that, followed by Debo Samuel. And uh, Steve, what are you thinking about here with the sixth round pick? Some interesting running backs here. Um, again, Damian Williams, Marlon Mack, two guys that, you know, could get the bulk of the workload early on in the season. Just not sure how that's going to divvy up with the rookies there. Mm-hmm. Then you have a couple of rookies, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers. Um, Darius Geis is someone who I'm looking at right now as, you know, being pretty disrespected um, yep. when I think he can potentially come back to me. So that's someone who I'm going to look at to potentially get in the seventh round. Um, and... I am actually going to go Tyler Boyd here because Tyler Boyd is my highest ranked receiver of the receivers here. Um, And I think that there's a little bit of a tear break for me for the rest of the guys who are kind of like upside best ball type guys. Of course, Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman, safe guys. But Tyler Boyd is like a combination of that where I, I see an upside and I also know that he can give me 90 receptions this coming season. Justin Paul. Do you guys have any concern with Boyd uh, getting, you know, a, a smaller portion of the target share this year with a healthy AJ Green? See, I had a tweet about this, I think, yesterday or today. So last off season, when AJ Green was supposed to be healthy, coming back in, people were like, "All right, Tyler Boyd's not going to do that good because AJ Green's coming back." But then if you look into the splits, Tyler Boyd actually performs better with AJ Green on the field than he does without him, which is a crazy stat, but. He's in the slot, takes away some more focus on him. Now you get a QB upgrade in Joe Burrow, an offensive line upgrade because of Jonah Williams. I'm in on the Bengals offense this year, and I think it's wheels up for Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. I think both can succeed in this offense. I believe it's going to be like more of a high-volume offense that people are expecting. So I love Tyler Boyd. like that pick. I'm not concerned at all with him not getting enough targets and stuff like that. He's in the slot. He's going to get his share. He's going to be efficient on those targets as well. So yeah. give me Tyler Boyd. Yeah, yeah, I love the offense. I'm thinking 600 pass attempts for this offense this year. Would not shock me at all. Yeah, and then uh, right behind Tyler Boyd, I'm going with my boy Jarvis Landry. You know, I've I've kind of made it very obvious how I feel about Jarvis Landry. We had a little a little segment of, uh, about a month or so ago on the show where you mentioned Jarvis Landry is like one of those guys that you can kind of rely on in best ball, just give you like a really really safe floor on those weeks where your Robbie Anderson might miss and your Tyree kill might have a down game, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Also did a real quick piece about how badly Jarvis Landry has been being disrespected uh, over at fantasy pros on one of the collaborative pieces here that just uh, dropped last week. But that's my guy, man. I'm going to go ahead and use him as my wide receiver three and somebody that's super consistent. That's usually going to get you around, you know, 92 to 95 catches 
Um, I mean, that's that's an excellent wide receiver three candidate there in the sixth round, especially at, towards the end of the sixth round. Um, Darius Geis, unfortunately, goes right after that, Steve, um, much to, the sh- to your chagrin. Yeah. Um, and then Cam Akers after that, followed by Dak Prescott, who I was really going to pull the trigger on with the quickness here. Uh, unfortunately, he's not making it back around to me. Uh, Brandon Cooks goes also to uh, the owner at the turn, followed by Marlon Mack and Damian Williams, um, which kind of makes my decision for me. Now that Dak is gone, we talked last week on the show about these ADP conundrums and uh, DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers both being at that 69-70-ish nice range of ADP. And, you know, for me, I, I was the DeAndre Swift guy, uh, whereas, you know, Anthony and yourself, Steve, you guys were kind of more in the Cam Akers camp. Uh, he goes five picks before me here. Um, so I'm happy to get Swift at a bit of a discount here. He's potentially my flex play. I'm just thinking that he's a little bit better here than going after Deshaun Watson, uh, especially with how deep the quarterback situation is right now. Um, but it is back on the clock to you, my friend, for your seventh round pick. Like Swift there a lot. Um, you know, you could get him in the sixth, but he falls into the seventh round. So that's a ideal situation. Of course, you know, you pair that with Landry upside with the safety in Landry. Um, so I love that. I'm thinking Will Fuller here at the sixth, yes. seventh round. I'm thinking go for it. Um, the running back, you know, Darius Geis goes off the board. Ronald Jones, I don't want to draft him in the seventh round. If I have to, in this situation, he is actually the highest ranked running back on the board. I, I, I would have to in this situation if I really wanted him. I don't want him that bad. I, I, you know, I'd rather get him a little bit later. We'll see how drafts play out. I don't know if he's going to go in the seventh round. I think he's more like an eighth or ninth round pick. So I'm going to go Will Fuller here. I love the love upside. Brandon Cook is off the board, and I can get Will Fuller. And then there goes Ronald Jones right after that. <laughs> course, <laughs> nothing, I was hoping nothing makes that, you feel yeah. worse than that. But yeah, Will Fuller, man, if just stay up, stay healthy, fella. Right. <laughs> I was hoping Fuller would follow me at the turn right here. I would have tapped him right there, but oh, I know you would. I, I, hey, I know your game, bro. I know, I know how you. I know how your mind works. <laughs> yeah, and then we had uh, Gronk and Evan Ingram both go after that, followed by two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. And Paul, it's up to you here for the seven eleven. Get your Slurpees out. I thought Ronald Jones was going to make it up, oh, up to where I am. Around. Nah, I'm not, I'm not um, interested in no Ronald Jones. So or... I'm not interested, even though quarterbacks don't are going off. Don't be disrespectful, Justin. Come on now. Yeah, don't be disrespectful. <laughs> I like Dare Awugabugule. You're crazy. You're, <laughs> you're out of your, you're out of your mind. Hey, me too. <laughs> so uh, if I'm looking at running back here, Ooh, uh, I'm not really overwhelmed. Uh, Tevin Coleman does jump out at me. But I think I'm going to stick with wide receiver. And I am going to go ahead and I'm going to, three draft purposes, I am going to go ahead and grab a man here who I try to get in every redraft team I have. Because he's, nice. he's good for he's good for three or four of them boom weeks where he just blows up. And uh, I just love Marvin Jones every year, every year in redraft. Love it. Yeah. I love your two picks here. Marvin oh, Jones no and then J.K. Dobbins at the 712. Great pick. Yeah, the uh, Marvin Jones, man, you saw him score four touchdowns against the Vikings, oh, yeah. and they just yep. shipped out three of their corners this year. So I'm really <laughs> yep. excited to see Marvin Jones versus the Vikings, my friend. <laughs> and then, Justin, what? you're up here at the turn. You went to Dobbins, like Steve mentioned, then you followed that up with Deshaun Watson. 
Um, again, one quarterback league, but dude, I would so much rather yeah. have Watson over Aaron Rodgers uh, oh, yeah. or Matt Ryan. And I do have Matt Ryan as my QB seven. So I guess that's right on point, but love the upside with Watson, man. He could have an MVP caliber season in my opinion. I like Watson more than Kyler Murray this year. I don't know if that's a little bold or not, but I, I do. And I like oh. Kyler Murray a lot. I'm a big Spicy. Kyler Murray fan. I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan, gets no respect, and you can argue he has, I mean, four healthy, then Brandon Cooks is not awful. We've seen what he's done on new teams over and over again. And then you add in David Johnson's pretty good pass catcher back. Duke Johnson's going to be used in the slot probably. And then Randall Cobb has one of his best seasons of his career last year in Dallas and signed him there. So could be worse. Could, could be worse. I think he's going to be a good fantasy uh, point scorer. And then J.K. Dobbins. Rookie running backs, they they tended to lay it up the second half of the year and whatnot. I already have two good ones. Jonathan Taylor, I think, will take over Marlon Mack's work share, to the majority of it, before sooner rather than later, I, I believe before week five, in my opinion. So I'm yeah, on sure. Jonathan Taylor. For sure, man. And uh, I'd like to retract my statement that I made on this show previously about I don't think the Texans' offense is going to be uh, improved. I definitely think they have that opportunity, but uh, before we get too far behind, Paul, swing it to you. You went Darius Slayton, my friend. I do like that pick there. In the I, I, round. I, I like Nicole Hardman right there, um, only because Kansas City, the, the volume that's through Kansas City, I think he's going to have another fantastic year there. But I went and I grabbed my guy because I wouldn't get him coming back, and I love, I've been talking up Darius Slayton a lot this year, so I... I, I would have taken Hardman there, but I grabbed my guy Slayton, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, Andrew Jones. The Giants are going to have a better offense this year. Um, they're still not going to meet up to the Cowboys or nothing, but I think Daniel Jones, another year under his belt, and and Darius Slayton, a wide receiver two breakout, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. Yeah, and Steve, we've talked about that on the show. We think the Giants offense is kind of on the way up for sure. And before we get to your pick, man, Julian Edelman, Sony Michelle, Carry On Johnson, Tevin Coleman, and then Drew Brees goes right before you. You are up at the 808, my friend. What are we doing here other than making some uh, some fat beats <laughs> with your 808? <laughs> uh, shout out Kanye. Um, so look, I would have gotten Sony Michelle here. I would have gone Tevin Coleman because I need a running back. So I'm forced to go Jordan Howard. No one likes it, but maybe you like it, Justin, because you're uh, a Dolphins fan all of a sudden or something. Justin hates Jordan Howard. I like Jordan Jordan Howard Howard guy. Uh, I am a Matt Breida guy. Matt Uh, Breida, pass catching, pass catching running backs. I prefer at this point in the draft when you're debating between two guys like that, I'll go with the pass catching guy. Jordan Jordan Howard is like the last guy. We have his bet, don't we? We do, but Jordan Howard is the last guy who's going to be a three down back. He's He's not going to be a three down back. He's He's going to be a two down back. No. Well, Um, yes. Yeah, he'll be a a two down back. But yes, he's going to be, you know, I I think his upside, if there is one, is, you know, something like eight to 10 touchdowns if that's even possible in this offense, maybe with Fitzpatrick and some garbage time, if Jordan Howard can get 200 carries, that's what I'm looking at is like Jordan Howard could probably get 200 carries this year. And at this yeah. point in the draft, I'm not seeing that on the board. Yeah, no doubt. And we have our first official, um, official hot take snipe. Uh, Jordan Howard, definitely on my queue as my next pick. Um, I know, I know you don't not too fond of him, Justin, but he's a he's a great point, yes. short yard. Yeah. yeah, well, I agree. I'm surprised our guy that didn't take Derrick Henry number two didn't reach in the seventh. <laughs> but, uh, good, yeah, good right? pick with Marlon Mack. Good pick with Marlon Mack there. Best offensive line 
uh, in the NFL, in my opinion, returning all five starters, the Colts are. That's why I also liked your Jonathan Taylor pick from earlier, Justin. But I am going to take a chance on Mecole Hardman. He was my yes. plan B. So yep. you get that safe Jarvis Landry and you go back and you just go straight up nuts with Mecole Hardman. And I will say this, in redraft, not as high on Hardman. I don't know if I would really go you know, eighth round on Hardman in a redraft league in Dynasty. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's going to be in Kansas City for three more years. So that's a guy that I definitely have on my radar. Um, it was kind of debating between him or Deontay Johnson, who uh, ends up going right before my next pick here. We have Hunter Henry off the board at the 810, followed by Manny Sanders. The turn goes James White and Philip Lindsay, followed by Deontay Johnson, as I mentioned, and then CeeDee Lamb. Um, trying to kind of stay, you know, appropriate with my bye weeks, et cetera. Um, and noticing that even though this is a mock, I do want to assemble this team in a fashion that would kind of represent what I'm also going to trot out every Sunday. Um, and I noticed that not only Zeke, but Todd Gurley as my, my RB one and two both have a, a week 10 bye. So my plan of taking Tony Pollard here and handcuffing my boy Zeke, uh, is just not in the cards right now we're gonna have to roll the dice and see if we can have that luxury maybe later on in round 10 or 11 um so instead of going with the uh the running back here i'm just gonna get a little crazy and uh and go with henry ruggs um you know what i i i changed i changed my my mind last second i was gonna take rugs i'm gonna go with latavius murray for that safe that safe running back that was down to the wire there yeah you you went latavius You usually do, like I've seen you draft Latavius Murray in a few places. I think it's a great pick because there's standalone value there for redraft purposes. Um, And then obviously if Kamara goes down, like we saw, it's just a big volume for Murray and the great offense. Um, But yeah, I was Hardman and and Ruggs would have been, you know, look, if they both hit on a given week, I mean, you could see 20 points from both of those guys. So it's just, when is that going to happen? So I think that's a great pick with Latavius. Yeah, it's kind of um, like that gif, that gif of the baby coming down the hallway, and then the, or the toddler, and then he like freaks <laughs> yeah. out and like turns around and runs back. Like that was me on like I I, I just barely missed the the draft button on rugs, and it was like a blessing in disguise. But but yeah, dude, Latavius Murray, one of the best goal line backs, even a better goal line back than Jordan Howard, which is one of the reasons I value Howard a little highly uh, than some other owners. Um, but. You know, we saw what he did in Chicago and Philadelphia. And speaking of Chicago backs, you went Tariq Cohen, my friend. Yeah, I, I realize now that I have three backs with Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, and Tariq Cohen that I'm comfortable are going to get 60 catches, all of them. And they're all going to exceed that probably. I mean, Tariq Cohen, 70 catches past two seasons. Um, huge drop off in yards per reception from 10.2 in 2018 to 5.8. So that, that it cut in half right there. So if that regresses a little bit, you're going to see increased production from Tariq Cohen um, in PPR uh, formats. He is going under drafted I and mean, he needs to be drafted in PPR. Yeah, I agree. And just a real quick draft recap, Josh Allen goes off the board next, followed by Christian Kirk, Jerry, Judy, Matt Breida, and then another quarterback in Carson Wentz right before you're up on the clock here, Paul, for your ninth round pick. What are you going to do here? Are you going to be sniping Justin again or what's up? I'd love to take the kill Harry on him right here, but there's a guy I like <laughs> a little better than him who I think will be well out touch uh, Keenan Allen in, in LA this year, Mike Williams. 
That was actually who I was going to want to take right there. So you did snipe me without even Ooh, knowing it. I did. You did snipe me. Uh, well, I got a, <laughs> I got like... a serious question since you guys are talking wow. about Mike Williams right now. Is there a, another thousand yard back out there that's getting disrespected as much as Mike Williams has from last year to this year? No. 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 <laughs> that's yeah. like that, no respect. I made a bold statement on, uh, I think, two podcasts ago where he's. I said he's going to outsnap Keenan Allen this year. He's going to have more fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, hey, he just barely I made mean, it a, th- a thousand and one yeah. yards, but hey, he's still a thousand yard receiver. Put it on sure. the resume, baby. Put it on the resume. And then Justin goes Anthony after Mike Williams, which I think, yes, agree, agree, because he is being now slept on. Uh, there's a discount for Mike Williams right now, especially at the 9 11, uh, back of the ninth round. You're not paying anything for Mike Williams there. Uh, and then Justin goes Anthony Miller and then Brandon Ayukan. <laughs> who like we've talked about a lot on this show. Brandon Ayuk is, you know, starting the season with we know Debo mm-hmm. is injured. Oh yeah, give me all that Brandon Ayuk to start the season at yeah. they're gonna be playing the Cardinals week one, by the way. So that's a week one potential start. Oh yeah. Yak monster, baby. We love we love us some Yak Brandon monster. Ayuk on the hot take podcast for sure. Uh the only thing I will say is with Justin's team, I like the way it's coming together, but three rookies already through the for through the first yeah. 10 rounds i'm not going to be a broken record and say you know what i'm going to say but we'll skip we'll skip it it's a little risky this year to go rookie heavy but uh that i'm okay you... with the running backs on rookie i mean still with running backs you just kind of plug and play them but the yeah. iu one is the only one i'm like more concerned about than anything. yeah I, I'm, I'm with you the running the running backs might have a little better chance to excel but uh but paul that swings it to you your 10th round pick you went with another rookie in Keyshawn vaughn yep <laughs> uh he he he's gonna get some passing work in there and he could overtake ronald jones later on in the year now are you pretty high on that tampa backfield or so you're waiting for uh, jones earlier when he went i think it was in the seventh round um so you want to on here well tom brady's involved i'm high on any player on that team i think that team is going to excel i think it's going to be explosive and they're going to score a lot of points all right and then after that goes alexander madison followed by jared cook Baker Mayfield, Tom Brady, and Daryl Henderson. And Steve, you are on the clock for your 10th round pick, brother. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is there. Uh, maybe he gets back to me. I'm not going to you know, get him here. I think he maybe can um, just to have a piece of that Kansas City offense. Um, looking at um, – I'm actually going to go Chase Edmonds here now. I may play this differently in a real league, knowing that you're the Zeke owner and maybe get Tony Pollard just for some trade bait for you. You bastard. Um, I know. I, well, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I got Chase Edmonds, who I think could have some standalone value. And then, of course, if Drake goes down, if anything were to happen, I mean, Chase Edmonds is walking to a great situation. I like what I saw from Edmonds um, his first couple of years in the league. So um, at this point, you know, we've talked about it maybe this year is the year of the handcuff where once you get into that 10th, 11th round, yeah, maybe you do that and then see how things go for a couple weeks. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you need to dump them on, you know, for a Ross, you know, a a waiver wire pickup, do it. Uh, But I think it's a great hold to see what happens for week one. Yeah, no doubt, man. And uh, how dare you even think about sniping me for Tony Pollard? Um, That's what it's all about. It's all about the snipe. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is more fun. I will say that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and complete my stack here with Matthew Stafford. And we're going to get Stafford to Galladay for that that just outstanding connection. Uh, Again, talk about Galladay leading the league in receiving touchdowns uh, with half that season coming from Jeff 
Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. Um, the only the only terrible part about this is I was thinking about uh, going Henry Ruggs on the way back, and of course uh, he goes right before my next pick. But a uh, little bit of a tight end run here in progress, folks. Tyler Higby goes right after the Matt Stafford pick, followed by Noah Fan. I know that's your boy Steve. I'm not sure if you're bitter about that or not. But we have uh, Fant going off the board and then Danny Jones. So we got a little Danny Dimes here at the turn, followed by Hayden Hurst. Then Sterling Shepard goes right before Henry Ruggs. So that kind of, I don't know, this is, I feel like it's kind of easy for me in this draft because it's like the third time I've said this, my decision's kind of being made for me because if Ruggs wasn't there, I was just going to go ahead and handcuff Zeke with Tony Pollard. So um, now that Steve was nice enough to take Chase Edmonds, which I do think is is the better pick in the 10th round, by the way, um, kudos to you for the Chase Edmonds pick. I think Arizona running back is a good position to invest in this year. So uh, I'll go ahead and be safe and take Tony Pollard here. But Steve, you're up for the 11th round. Um, and and I, this is why we mock draft, because Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, both quarterbacks I would have considered. I'm not, you know, I'm not like really beaten up that, you know, I, I can pick maybe Cam Newton because I don't have a quarterback. I could get maybe Ben Roethlisberger, who at this point in the draft, I mean, you know, I'm fine with. They play the Giants, I believe, week one. I mean, that's a great, you know, week one start. Um, but oh, Daniel Jones. Easy, easy now, Steve. Hey, 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 hey. It's <laughs> a good game, I'm sure. It's going to be a great game. Um, but Daniel Jones <laughs> would be, uh, is my ninth ranked quarterback, the highest of those guys. So I might have gotten him there. Um, and then, of course, Noah Fant. Yes, you're right. Uh, my heart is broken. Uh, I, I'm being very risky with with those that onesie position, as always. Um, and I, I would have loved to get Noah Fant. So had I known he was gone, I would have drafted him. Um, but now I'm looking actually at let's see i'm gonna go justin jefferson here i, I think there's upside Ooh. here in offense i mean we don't know we were talking about it. i mean what's going on with this vikings offense um maybe they go to a little bit more pass heavy this year i mean it's, that would be back and forth back and forth but we really don't know what to expect um i, I like justin jefferson in this offense um kind of replacing stefan Diggs. you know you know we'll see how that looks but uh i, I think there's some good upside in in minnesota for justin jefferson this year yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That's one of the more, I guess, uncertain uh, roles. Uh, but I think as long as Justin Jefferson gets put in the slot, and I know Thielen has been very effective in the slot for Minnesota, but I feel like as long as Justin Jefferson is allowed, quote-unquote allowed, to play in the slot, I do think he'll be a productive rookie, and I think things will kind of fall in his favor. And then following that pick, we had – Austin Hooper going off the board. So a lot of the good tight ends being taken here. Still a couple good ones out there. Uh, but John Brown goes after that, followed by Antonio Gibson, Sammy Watkins at the 11-9, and Zach Moss at the 11-10. That puts you on the clock for your 11th round pick, Paul. Who, who are you looking at? Well, I'm going to grab a tight end here. I really thought Hayden Hurst would make it back to me, and I probably should have grabbed him instead of Keyshawn Vaughn. That's a little mistake on my part uh, because I re I'm really high on Hayden Hurst this year. But after him, I do like uh, Gasecki and Ebron, so I'm going to take Gasecki right here. Yeah, five tight ends. Five tight ends off the board between yeah. the Keyshawn pick and the 11-11. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we like we like Gasecki's uh, upside. Not not quite as much as friend of the show, uh, Derek Brown, uh, but Debro loves him some Mike <laughs> Gasecki. Yeah. 
there's a lot, dude. There's a lot of people that are super high on Gaseki. I'm starting. Yeah. To, I'm starting to come around, man. These these Gaseki truthers are starting to get to me here, Paul. So uh, I like that pick here at the 11th round, heading into the turn for the 11, 12. And Justin, you are on the clock, my friend. And uh, and there's there's the Nikhil Harry pick there right after is. the Jamison Crowder pick. So <laughs> I is. like it. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the floor, my man. Talk about Nikhil Harry. I know you want to. Oh, Nikhil, Nikhil, Nikhil. People are stupid. I'll just say that people are stupid. They're just they're just thinking this guy's trash because he started last season as a rookie on the PUP list. Didn't have any time to really get acclimated into the offense or build rapport with Tom Brady. Out of all people, who's gonna prefer his boy Edelman and whatnot on the outside? But now gets Cam Newton, which I that's that wasn't even my thought process before his whole thing. I was thinking Jared Stidham's in there, but now it's Cam Newton, and Cam Newton can make Devin Funches and Calvin Benjamin <laughs> relevant. You bet he can make this great prospect in Nikhil Harry relevant. First round draft capitals a check mark, true freshman year production check mark, early declare, which has shown to be corollary to success in the NFL. College production is there, breakout age is 90th percentile. I'm all in on Nikhil Harry. I love Cam Newton for him. I think it's perfect. He's going to give him a lot of those 50-50 balls. A guy whose game is built off contested catches. He's similar to Allen Robinson. If you like Allen Robinson, you got to like Nikhil Harry. People just wait on it. If you're, you don't want to have to – you can hop on next year, but I'm not going to let you hop on. But this is when you got to hop on right now. The Nikhil Harry breakout is coming. Just, just a warning. I'm just letting you know it's happening. <laughs> oh, and Paul goes Jalen Rager. Great pick. Uh, these I was gonna, I was gonna actually take Cam Newton there, but I look at all the quarterbacks around him. They're they're all the same to me. So I went ahead and I, I grabbed Jalen Rager right there in Philly, who I I think with all the wide receivers there that keep getting hurt all the time, and and Jeff uh, Jefferson's not going to start. He'll probably be out on a pup, and then uh, I do like Deshaun uh, Jackson there, but he's always getting hurt. So I think Jalen Rager is a good pick right there. Yeah, and we've yet to find out if there's any disciplinary action as far as games missed that'll be coming down the pike here from from Deshaun Jackson's uh, camp. But we'll see how that works out. But I do think Jalen Rieger has probably the best chance of all of the rookie uh, rookie wide receivers here. Say that three times fast. uh, (laughs) Coming into uh, camp here. It's just with the, the limited training camp, et cetera, et cetera. And with some of the options here, that Philly has um, Jalen Rieger, I think is an excellent pick there, especially this deep, you know, in the 12th sure, round, yes, you're talking, this yep. is like your sixth, seventh receiver. I mean, this is an excellent pick. And then yep. following that up goes golden Tate, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So one of those QBs does go off the board, followed by Justin Jackson, uh, all Sean Jeffrey, who we were just kind of shitting on, but uh, oh. I think deservedly <laughs> so. And then uh, Deshaun the Jackson, <laughs> all the, it, this is just the, the reset, the round for the Eagles receivers. And then, uh, Steve, we're going to go ahead and throw it to you. Are we taking a quarterback here in round 12? Yeah, I was thinking of just, you know, I was thinking Burrow, Cam Newton, or um, Ryan Tannehill would be the quarterbacks I want. Do I risk it and just take one of those, or do I take my highest rank of those three, which is by far Joe Burrow? He's my number 10 quarterback. Um, it just, look, this offense, they already did it last year. They threw it 600 times last year. So let's do that with Joe Burrow coming off of one of the best college seasons we've seen. And you give him A.J. Green, you give him Tyler Boyd, you give him T. Higgins, John Ross, Joe Mixon. I mean, they're doing things in Cincinnati to set up this offense. And, you know, he also runs the ball. So I'm good with Joe Burrow here at the 12 
eight. Um, and then if he doesn't work out, I, I move on. There's going to be a lot of people in the waiver wire that I could pick up. Sure. Love yeah, that well said. Good point. Yep. Yeah, well said. And, you know, and I did, I kind of thought you'd be leaning quarterback here. Um, I think you're the last team to grab one, but being that, you know, you have your options of Joe Burrow or Cam Newton, just kind of emphasize the point of waiting on a quarterback here. Um, you know, I figured you'd grab one of those two guys, not bad fallback options in my opinion here. Um, swinging that up to my pick next here, um, little buzzer beater there. Oh, and I didn't get him. I thought I hit the button in time. I was trying to get uh carlos hyde um i think carlos hyde is gonna get a little more run he's going currently 160 adp here um as we're using the sleeper app and you know we're i mean at this point getting through 12 rounds we're gonna be at pick 144 and 145 at the turn so that would have been about a full round reach for me but i do think that carlos hyde is gonna get a lot more run than people think rashad penny definitely just negative 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 news coming out of camp here um, when you are uh, looking into his injury situation, it does not sound good. Uh, they even said as much when they signed Carlos Hyde that he's pretty much going to be, you know, uh, Rashad Penny insurance. Uh, so it, we've seen Chris Carson have some fumbleitis in the past. He's one of the only running backs I can remember in NFL history that has shaken so many, so much fumble proneness uh, to continue to be, you know, the lead guy on his team. Um, and lo and behold, uh, you know, here I am talking about him, even though it did give me the other, the other Seahawks running back, but for our, for our show's sake, we're going to, we're just going to pretend like I drafted Carlos Hyde and, and not <laughs> Rashad. Penny. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was a coincidence that they gave you Penny. Yeah. So we'll just, you know, insert Seattle running back here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is how we'll play that one. But, um, you know, going in, it was between that and picking a receiver, um, so following that up, Cam Newton goes right off the board after my pick. So Steve, good idea to take Burrow when you did, because Jimmy G goes immediately after Cam and, uh, that's followed up by Duke Johnson, Boston Scott at the turn, Robbie Anderson goes, uh, before AJ Dillon. And then that puts me on the clock in the 13th round here. Um, maybe the most under-discussed wide receiver two in the league, but he is still a wide receiver two at that. And after digging into some of Warren Sharp's uh, 2020 season preview, um, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic on Alan Lazard. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger on him, uh, looking at some of the success rates that him and Rogers had, his snaps only increased. He was only targeted more and more as the season wore on. And, you know, it's been beat to death at, by this point that Green Bay obviously did nothing in the passing range, uh, passing attack here as far as drafting weapons to to help Aaron Rodgers. So it's pretty much on Lazard to produce. Uh, so, Steve, it goes to you for the 13th round pick here. This is our penultimate selection. Where are you going, brother? So, Justin, I was going to go one of your uh, favorite team's wide receivers there, but I decided against it. Um, and I went running back. Um, so I was talking about Preston Williams there. I decided against going Preston Williams. I, I was looking at my receivers. I'm pretty deep at that position. Uh, I, I like my running backs, but I, there's a there's a running back here, and we're only doing 14 rounds. So you know, at the 13th pick, if I'm going to get this guy, it's going to be now because I still don't have a tight end. I go Josh Kelly um, when I look at the running backs in Los Angeles on the Chargers. I see Austin Eckler, who's a pass catcher, is going to get some carries. Uh, I see Justin Jackson. He's going to get some carries. They don't really have a thumper or a goal line back, and that's what Joshua Kelly is. 
or you know that's what they got in the fourth round uh the chargers he, he played pretty damn good at ucla which is just like a shit show of uh you know a college football organization right now and you know for him to perform uh the way he did and then bring him in the local boy uh you know I'm, I'm excited about what josh kelly can do so i'm getting him at the end of you know all drafts uh just in case he maybe has a role which i think is could be expanded with the chargers yeah not not surprised you're definitely a josh kelly stan that's that's for sure uh tyrell <laughs> williams quarterback. Right. Back here. <laughs> right. Well, at this point, I figured you'd be waiting on a tight end. Um, but Preston Williams is intriguing. A Williams does go immediately after that. But it's Tyrell the Gazelle. Definitely a surprise to me. Uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter this late in the draft, I suppose. Uh, but Damian Harris goes after that, followed by Dallas Goddard, Naheem Hines, Eric Ebron. Paul, it's on to you for the 13th round pick here. Quarterback time? I had to take a quarterback. I'm the only, only one without a quarterback, so it was time, and I took Jared Goff right there over over Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and I misspoke earlier. I didn't even notice uh, down at that your guys' end of the draft that uh, that you were the only team without a quarterback, Paul. So I misspoke earlier when I said Steve had not done so. Um, Steve has not taken a tight end yet. Uh, still four good ones on the board. Oh, at least there used to be. Uh, Justin goes and takes pulls the trigger on two of them. Uh, look at Johnu Smith and TJ Hawkinson. Um, yes, sir. Lo- love those picks. Love the upside on both these guys. Talk about those guys for a minute. Johnu Smith led the league last year in yards after the catch per target, was second in yards after the catch per reception. Yak guy also had the third most missed tackles forced while playing behind Dwayne Walker for majority of the season, only behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Efficiency monster. Dwayne Walker's gone. He's the number two option in that passing offense behind A.J. Brown. I'm all in on Jonu Smith. I like him more than Hayden Hurst. I also like T.J. Hawkinson more than Hayden Hurst. And I got both those guys right here. It's good. You can have both of them over Hayden Hurst. Well, at this price especially, I'll take it oh, all Oh, at this day. price, absolutely. Yeah, it's free money. But to say you want them over Hayden Hurst, I think you're I mean, on We have table bets. I have both on there already, yes, so do. I'm okay you, with you that. You have a table bet. Uh, I love Johnny Smith this year. My favorite breakout tight end, and TJ Hawkinson, I think is just an amazing prospect as a Lions fan. Josh, I imagine you you feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, we we don't want to see a top ten pick wasted on a tight end, uh, you know, for a second time in a row. Uh, but I absolutely, think he's far and above the Eric Ebron days um, that we experienced, you know, here in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is what it is, you know. Hope hope you know springs eternal. And uh, another another tight end, Paul, you actually went with uh, Jack Doyle, who was uh, the third of the fourth tight ends that I thought uh, would be available here, uh, which right. is kind of it's coming down to the wire here, man. It's for Steve, uh, you can talk about Jack Doyle here for a second. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see if there's going to be my guy left over for Steve at the end of this draft. But uh, I love Jack Doyle personally. I think tight end is the deepest it's been in years. Uh, what think do you think he's about underrated. Jack Doyle? Uh, I think he's underrated. I, I mean, he's Ebron's gone. Uh, he's all by himself. Uh, uh, the, the new quarterback in town, I, I think it's Jack Doyle's year this year. I think he's going to get the volume there at tight end, and uh, I really like him this late in the draft. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. I, I'm with that. I, I, I agree that Jack Doyle is being slept on. He can easily be a top 12 tight end. I believe uh, so. Great, yep. great, you know, for uh, PPR. Uh, this is a half point, but still. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I do think maybe just maybe we could see some Trey Burton, too, because they they are going to use uh, 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. Trey Burton is going to be out there. 
but I, I and also Mo Ali Cox a little bit, but J- Jack Doyle is the is the PPR guy here. Yeah, yeah, we we like Mo Ali Cox, but uh, we know we know how much Phil Rivers loves to throw to the tight end. He loves and loves so, the tight end. Yeah, and I think that's I think it only means it's going to be a good season for Jack Doyle. Um, so then right after that, Carl's Hyde off the board. Well, since I already took him, remember that. Um, we'll yeah. pretend that that was Adrian Peterson instead, uh, followed by Preston Williams, Michael Pittman, Darrington Evans, a couple of rookies back to back there, followed by Jamal Williams. And Steve, it, it, it happened. He made it to you. You got your tight end. Did you know that that's what I was, who I was waiting on there? That that was the guy that, that was the fourth of the four good tight ends I mentioned that so, were still there. You know, I picked Josh Kelly and then Dallas, you know, all these tight ends go off the board. Dallas Goddard, Eric Ebron, who Eric Ebron could have a you know a decent season. Um when you know he I think he's a touchdown dependent guy. He's also a guy who's not gonna give you, you know, maybe even sixty percent of the snap count in, in uh in Pittsburgh. So, you know, it, it's gonna be it's gonna have to be high efficiency if he's gonna finish as like a top ten guy, just like we saw a couple of years ago with Eric E. Brown on the Colts. Janu goes off the board and TJ Hawkinson, both great picks. I mean, you know, I really recommend this year. Again, this is a weird year, you know, for multiple reasons. But like you said, Josh, there's a lot of tight ends. If you want to wait on tight end, you punt that position, uh, like saying you don't draft draft Travis Kelsey, don't draft Mark Andrews, just wait. And then get two high upside guys, maybe, you know, in Johnny Smith, TJ Hawkins is a great, you know, t- combo at the end of the draft. I go Blake Jarwin. He's ranked higher for me. I see him just, you know, filling in the Jason Witten role of last year and being just a lot more mobile than Jason Witten in this, you know, offense that we're saying is very fantasy friendly in Dallas. Um, give me Blake Jarwin, uh, you know, just, just in case it works out. Again, just like the quarterback, if it doesn't work out, you know, I can pick up a tight end. I will say that playing around like that with a tight end, you know, doing the streaming thing, it is more vacant <laughs> on the waiver wire than maybe the quarterbacks in your single quarterback league. Tight ends just, they run up a little bit quicker it, it, from what I've seen. Right, right. No, I, I like everything you said. And I mean, you know, dad runner ability, much improved. Uh, we're going from the dad runner, Jason Witten, to a guy that's actually like semi-athletic. Um, and then following up your pick here, um, oddly enough, I, I really wasn't paying attention and I got timed out and took Kirk Cousins. But that's <laughs> probably, I, I'd be totally honest with you guys, like I'm probably going to do that anyway because uh, Matt Stafford has a five by. Um, I hate carrying two quarterbacks, um, but if I want to make sure that in that first big week of buys that I'm going to be covered, I probably honestly would with no kickers or defense, I, I would probably actually take Kirk Cousins there because uh, week five, you know, when it's coming around, uh, he's going to get Seahawks who have a questionable secondary there. Um, I know they did upgrade the secondary a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see if they are improved. Um, but, you know, getting stuck with Kirk Cousins, I mean, there could be worse things. Um, sure. I'll obviously be moving on from him come week six. Uh, but, you know, following up, uh, Kirk Cousins goes uh, run on receivers, Rashad Perriman, Larry Fitzgerald, and Curtis Samuel. And that concludes our mock draft, folks. Paul, would you please read your team and then just tell us real quick, like, how the draft went for you and like what you liked about it, maybe what you didn't. And then we'll do the same to you, Justin. Sure. So, so I really like uh, my team I drafted here and I stuck to my guns. I said I was going to go running back heavy 
and I sniped Justin on the first pick and took Miles Sanders. Uh, then I took my guy, Austin Eckler, who I really love this year. And I also love Melvin Gordon. So those are my top three running backs. And then uh, I, I started on a wide receiver run. I took Allen Robinson, <clears throat> Terry McLaurin, uh, Michael Gallup, who I absolutely love these three guys. And Marvin Jones is a guy who I try to get in, in every redraft league I can get just because he has them them boom bust weeks and and they, they really pay off for you, especially if he's in your starting lineup. Um, then I went and grabbed uh, Darius Slayton right there. And I, I really like McCole Hardman there, but I grabbed my guy because I knew he wouldn't make it back to me. And then on the next pick, I took Michael Williams. So I went off uh, one, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers in a row. And I really like all my wide receivers right there. The only thing that I think I messed up on was I took Keyshawn Vaughn there and I, I knew I should have grabbed Hayden Hurst, but I, I kind of maybe was hoping he would come back to me, even though I, I knew he wouldn't. I should have probably grabbed him there because I'm really high in Hayden Hurst this year. Um, so that would be my only mistake I think I made here, but I did the next pick. I did get Kaseki, who I think is a, is a great pick this late in the round. Uh, then he's I went better with, than Hurst. So you made a good pick right he, there. He's not better than Hurst. You're out of your mind to think he's better than Hurst. Hurst is going into the, the perfect situation uh-huh. in Atlanta, which throw heavy. It's a perfect opportunity for Hayden Hurst to break out and he's going to do it. So for you to say Gasecki is better than him. You um, already had this bet too. I think we had like five Hayden Hurst bets. All right, let me finish my team. Wait, it's my turn now. You wait. Then I took Jalen Rager <laughs> after that, which I think is in the 12th round is a, is a great, is a great pick there. Uh, I waited on quarterback. I was the last one to get a quarterback and I'm pretty happy with Jared Goff right there. And then I backed it up with, uh, with Jack Doyle, who I think is an underrated tight end. Who I think as yeah. my last, last pick right there is a good pick in the draft. Are you guys, do you, does everyone agree that maybe Jalen Rager could be like a league winning type wide receiver? I definitely mean, has upside for it. Yes. I, I, yeah. The upside is definitely there. I believe he can be. To be a 12th round pick, you know, and yeah. to be what could be the wide receiver one for the Eagles sure. the entire year. Let's say Alshon, you know, I mean, he starts off on the pup, PUP, he comes back and re injures himself or something like that. Yeah. I and mean, we've seen Alshon miss so much time. We've seen Deshaun Jackson miss so much time. You know, I just can see a path where maybe Rager is the most consistent ends up being the most targeted wide receiver. I mean, th- th- this is a good situation for Rager. Love the only the thing that's upsetting for all these guys is with the COVID-19 now is they're not being able to get their rapport with the quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of hurts all the rookies coming in this year, but I, I still like him right there. Yeah. Justin, go ahead. Uh, talk about your team real quick. I cried at the 12th spot because <laughs> this dude took Miles Sanders on me. I believe when you were on our podcast, Steve, you said, would you rather I would, I would talk about Miles Sanders and you're like, would you take him over Kenyon Drake? And I said, yes, I would. But they're very close for me. So, Dad, thanks for that. No problem. And so, Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, love that start right there with the running back. Then Jonathan Taylor, I believe, has league-winning upside behind the great offensive line. And Quinn Nelson, it's a great guard pairing. Phil Burris there should help the offensive efficiency as well. And I believe that he's head and shoulders better than Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's good, too. I, I just believe that Jonathan Taylor is that kind of prospect and player. And running backs, I don't have as much as a worry for with COVID-19 than wide receivers because – you just got to hand the ball. They'll, they'll do the running. They'll do the rest of the stuff rather than building rapport, running these routes, getting all that route tree down and all that stuff. DJ Moore, need I say more? I mean, this is the guy. I love DJ Moore. I, I have him as my number five ranked wide receiver this year. 
I, you got to be bold sometimes, you know, take some stand. Josh mentioned you got to kind of take some more Kenny Galladay stands. Well, DJ Moore, that's the stand I'm taking along with Miles Sanders. Those are my two guys. So love DJ Moore. Him and Allen Robinson back to back in my rankings for me. So nice pick there, Dad, with the Allen Robinson one. Devontae Parker. I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan. That's a little bit of a homer pick, but I do believe he's going to get the volume again this year. Preston Williams is back, but midseason ACL tear. We know it takes over a year to recover from ACL, and he's not going to be 100% to start the season. May not even be 100% this whole entire year. Devontae Parker looked good. A great profile. People were waiting for him to break out. Finally did it, so hopefully he continues it. I think he will continue it, especially with the volume he's going to get. Cortland Sutton, people scared because of Jerry Judy. I'm not. I believe in Cortland Sutton's talent. He's the returning piece for Drew Locke. Had a 27% target share with Drew Locke in the games. Didn't get the fancy points to fall, but I believe he's going to get more volume this year as well, and I'm all in on Cortland Sutton. J.K. Dobbins, rookie running backs. You see him every year, help you win championships second half of the year. I expect J.K. Dobbins to come on strong and split more time with Mark Ingram. And because I already had that base, the backbone of Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, I'm okay with taking a guy like this who has league-winning upside. One quarterback leagues, I don't really like taking quarterback until like the last team to be do so. However, in the eighth round, if Deshaun Watson's sitting there, I'm not going to pass that up, especially after Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan go. So I was hoping yeah. to stack Will Fuller with him right there. But Steve, uh, what, what are you doing, Steve? Why'd you do that to me? <laughs> I, I, but you know, you're and when you put it like that, after Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan go, right? Like after yeah. they go off the board and then Deshaun Watson's still there, that's crazy. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. Thank you, sleeper. Uh, the programmers <laughs> are on my side right there. Anthony Miller, Brandon Ayuk, Jameson Crowder, Nikhil Harry. Got a nice little floor upside player with Jameson Crowder. Talk about him on the most recent episode of the podcast. Brandon Ayuk. You mentioned Debo Samuel's injury. Anthony Miller, finally healthy. He hasn't been healthy yet, and he's going to be the number two there with an improved offense with Nick Foles because Nick Foles is a lot better than Waterboy, Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubortles, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Nikhil <laughs> Harry, just go to my Twitter page. You want to see some Nikhil Harry, Towson, Johnny Smith, TJ Hawkinson, both lots of upside tight end. And if I don't get one of the top three guys, like you guys also said, Kelsey Kittle or even Andrews this year, I am punting that thing to the moon, and I'm not touching it until later on because there's so many great options. So your running back room could be absolutely devastating. You know, like let's say that Jonathan Taylor is just a workhorse back and Marlon Mack just doesn't get much of the workload at all or an injury happens and then it's Jonathan Taylor's backfield in Indianapolis. And then the same thing, same sort of situation with J.K. Dobbins, just at a much higher discount. So when I look at Jonathan Taylor and I look at J.K. Dobbins deciding on if I want to just take one, I would lean Dobbins because I can get him in the back of the seventh round compared to the back of the third round. But if both of those guys work out and Chubb and Drake, that's that could be absolutely disgusting. And then you have, I would say, like a plug and play approach with the wide receiver in yep. certain weeks where Jamison Crowder could be an awesome play because, um, you know, he's just going to get volume. So no, I, I like the running backs a lot, especially in comparison to mine. Really, really appreciate you guys stopping by here. Um, you know, I know Steve does as well. Uh, real quick, remind remind everybody out there where you can get a hold of you guys on Twitter and where they can find the show. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. A lot of fun. We love doing mock drafts. I like when I just crush my dad like I do here. I don't like, think you crushed me, kid. I think I did. Take a but, look again. Take a look at that roster. I got to tell the people where they can find us. I don't want to take a look at your roster again. They just went over it. But your Twitter, Dad, at PaulFSFF, you kind of got, not viral, but you had over 100 likes because you got a hole-in-one in golf. That's right. Very hard to one, do. Baby. Congrats to you. My Twitter, at Justin underscore FFB, at FF is our podcast Twitter giveaway, assigned Amari Cooper jersey giveaway. And 
you guys can find us on any podcast app you want to use apple spotify stitcher to i mean all of them right there but spotters on fans football just type that in there we should pop up give us a listen you know hot take pod spotter some pod we we like the the syllables are there yeah they're, they're yeah. all there yeah, absolutely. Basically, anywhere you guys find your good podcasts and want to give you guys a real quick reminder. Of course, if you like what you heard today, please do hit us up with a subscription. Hit that subscribe button. Um, you know, give us a review if you're so inclined. I uh, would like to get a few more reviews out there. Um, you know, it's currently sitting at five stars. Not going to complain. But uh, Steve, any final any final thoughts here before we sign off, brother? Yeah, no, pleasure uh, doing the draft with you guys. Of course, check out uh, next week. We're going to have Paul Charchian on of Fanball. And uh, he has just uh, launched a new website for guillotine leagues. Uh, So I'm excited to pick his brain about uh, guillotine leagues and figure out what that's all about. And, you know, Paul Charchian is one of the, uh, you know, the OGs in the game, uh, you know, as the kids say. Uh, So I'm excited to have Paul on. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a live show with Ray GQ. Uh, very excited about that as well. Um, I'm thinking might, we might just do another draft. Um, you know, it's it's mock draft season, so we're, I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited for fantasy football again. It is, man. It is officially mock draft season here, redraft season. Once Scott Fishbowl draft is uh, is on, man, it's 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 full swing, my friend. So, uh, do again appreciate you guys stopping by, and on behalf of both Paul and Justin. On behalf of the Father and Son Fantasy Show, myself and my co-host, Steve Caroni, I'm Josh Daly. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.